Welcome to today's Pastor's Roundtable, where we'll discuss Sunday's sermon. Welcome to the Roundtable, guys. We right. appreciate you guys being here. We got some new Hello. guests this morning. Usual hey. suspects, Kyle here and me, Rob, but uh, we got some new guests this morning. Not nearly as good looking as Chris. Uh, Tim Hare. Tim <laughs> Hare, who is the uh, pastor at Black Gum Baptist Church. He'll introduce himself in a minute. And we also have Zach here. Zach Taylor, who is a uh, a pastor, coming to be a pastor here at Northwest, so um, and working with our youth department, we're excited for these guys to be on with us. We're actually at the pastors conference here at First Baptist Edmond, the BGCO pastors conference right. this morning. How's it going, fellas? It's going fantastic. Yeah. It's a brisk day. Feels great outside. Um, little snow on the ground. It's pretty nice. Yeah, Tim. How far did you drive to this this morning? Uh, it's about well, we we stayed in Prague last night, which okay. is where my wife's family lives. So it wasn't too bad. We drove an hour. Yeah, that's good. How far yeah. is it from Black Gun? About two and a half hours. Two and a half hours to come to this past round table. That's it. It's the round table. It's taking off. Coming to the round table. Jamie Greer is going to be speaking today. I'm really excited. On the round table. He's he's a guy I really listen to yeah. a lot. Who who are some of the guys you guys listen to? J.D. Greer is somebody I, I listen to and, and read his books. Who, who else do you guys like to listen to? Well, I tell you what, I've always enjoyed um, uh, hearing Piper, of course, um, and, uh, and, and I do enjoy J.D. Greer. I mean, I think he's fantastic. I think it's awesome that the, that the BGCO is having him in, um, and uh, so... I think that's phenomenal. How about you guys? Uh, I listen to J.D. Greer, uh, Chandler. Uh, there's a guy, uh, his name's Josh Smith. Related, I don't know if you know Dr. Stephen Smith. Pastor right. His brother, Josh Smith. We were both excellent expositors, so I really enjoy listening to them. So, break that good. text. How about you, uh, I listen to Matt Chandler and then J.P. down from uh, the porch at Watermark. Okay, mm-hmm. good, good. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, you got some questions for us, man? I do. About the uh, the roundtable? We, we kicked off a new series yesterday that um, is just like a, it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, it's, it's a renew series, and it's renewing the heart of the church. And so um, we talked about Psalm 51, um, which is a psalm that is a response to, um, it's David's response to when the prophet Nathan came to him. And, and spoke to him, confronted him about some sin in his life. And, um, and so, um, would, 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 would you read that actually, as a matter of fact, um, verse 7 through verse 12 yeah. is what we spoke about. Yeah, verse 7 says this, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with the willing spirit. So this is a great prayer. Um, And actually the scripture that you started out with in verse 7, he speaks of hyssop and um, right here in the middle of Psalm 51, there's, there's a gospel significance to this aspect of the use of hyssop. 
Would you talk about this for a little bit? You mentioned this in your yeah. message yesterday. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go very deep into it because there was so much to unpack here with the text. But but the 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 actuality is is when Jesus is on the cross, right? Hyssop goes all the way back into the Old Testament, and its significance is cleansing. So they would use hyssop. Um, for cleansing of a leper, they would use hyssop for the cleansing of a house that had been uh, molded or was um, declared unclean, and they would use that to signify this house is clean, this person is clean. And so, when Jesus is on the cross, he is. Um, they they offer him some sour wine to drink, and they use hyssop to do that. And it's a very interesting significance for us in that. That is what Christ is doing on the cross, is he is taking away our sins. We are putting the sins upon him. Um, the wrath of God has fully uh, come upon Christ, and we, um, we are fully cleansed now by the blood of the Lamb. So, and, and he takes all of our sin. I think if we break this down, um, so often uh, when, when, we're, when we're in a time of confession, um, or we've spoken to those who are who are undergoing a great conviction of sin. Uh, there's that tendency to feel like I'm not fully clean. I, I still feel like there's there's something there's a remnant of something left over, and and uh, and 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 you know this is that reality that Christ takes all of our sin. You guys have any thoughts of, about that? No, it's I mean that's the beauty of the gospel is that. All of my sin was put on Christ. Uh, now we still live in this time of where we're battling with our flesh, and so we're not we're not perfect yet. But in the sight of God, we're holy, and uh, we are we are in Christ, and Christ has covered our sins, and His righteousness has covered us, and so now God sees us. Uh, that's why Paul calls us saints, uh, even though you know he calls the, the Corinthian church saints of God, and that is one messed up church. Yeah. Uh, struggling with their sin and yet in the sight of God because of Christ and his death and atonement uh, purifies us. There's a great so. strength in that. What do you think, Jack? I think what's interesting is David is saying this in the midst after he has already done so much for God and I think we can think of ourselves as, as just a one time like that, that knowing the freedom of being seen as holy in God's eyes is just a one time event in salvation but really it's anytime we find ourselves in sin we can run back to the truth of the gospel which is Christ that says free and that we are cleansed from that and sin after our salvation experience still doesn't have bonds on us mm. we, we run back to Christ and, and experience that freedom from that sin and continue to move on and um, speak of that experience in us you know you mentioned running to Christ and that was kind of that, that speaks to my next question um, Nathan approaches uh David and I'm the question I'm thinking about is um, why why do you think it's such human nature in the midst of sin to the tendency to hide from God rather than to run to God because we know God is gracious we know God is forgiving and yet there's that tendency to hide yeah, it's a sin nature. I mean, from the beginning, you know, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, you know, they were they were hiding from from God and and in their nakedness and shame, 
God cries out, where are you? And they're, they're actually hiding behind the bushes from God. And so you see that in, in Scripture over and over again. When, when there is sin, there, there, is a, there is a shame and a guilt. And yet, you know, we talked about this even two weeks ago and that we need to come before God humbly in, in submission. I, I think of the two, the two people that are praying in, 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 at the temple and Jesus is watching the two people. And one's the sinner who comes before God, lays his face on the ground and says, Woe am I, I'm a sinner. I'm, I cannot move forward. I have, I have sinned greatly in the sight of you and others. And then there's the Pharisee that's sitting there going, I'm glad I'm not like this guy, right? And then you have that, and Jesus said, well, this is actually what I desire. The guy who's on his face and going, I am a sinner. I need your cleansing. I need your confession. And really, that's a sign of humility in the life of a believer when he can say, I have messed up, and go to brothers like yourself or these guys on the panel and go, hey, I need help. I, I have been broken, and I need forgiveness from the Lord, but also from you. And, uh, and, and working through that, yeah. those type of things. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was the, the Gospel and Sexuality Conference that Russell Moore was speaking at. He was speaking about a, a young lady that, that uh, you know, was going to have an abortion, how, how Satan or the enemy is, is telling her, like whispering in her ear, hey, it's, this is going to be okay. Like, it's okay to do this. Uh, and then he's the first one to accuse her after she's done it, and which makes her, oh, I'm just, you know, how, how could I do this? And so, so he's encouraging, I think it's the same in all of our sin, he's encouraging us, hey, it's not going to be that bad. And then, as, as he's called throughout Scripture, he's the great accuser. Like, how could you? You know, you're, you're, not, you're not living up to what God has called you to live. You're a horrible person. Uh, right. And so in those times, I think it's just a, it's a forgetting what Christ has done and, and making it about you than rather about Christ. And that, that we have we have victory through Christ. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I have much more to add. That that he's, he's redhead. He's awesome. He's <laughs> yeah. killed it. Yeah. That's good. There's a uh, there's a, a quote that um, from this this passage. Uh, he says, "Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me." I want to get your get your take uh, as pastors. Um, what, how are we as New Testament believers to, to take this, this phrase, take not your Holy Spirit from me? We understand the Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. We know that um, there's security in our salvation. We're children of God. Talk, talk, to, talk to us about this. I think here, you know, so when David's writing, the Spirit hasn't come yet like he has come in us. So he doesn't, until Acts 2, the Spirit doesn't indwell believers. So I don't, I don't believe David is, is indwelled by the Spirit. I think the Spirit is, is working. He said, hey, don't let the Spirit stop working my life. Because right. uh, David is not yet a New Testament believer. But, f- but for us, yeah, um, the moment of our conversion, the moment we put our faith in Christ, we have the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Uh, indwelling our lives and 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 causing us to bear fruit. Yeah, Ephesians 1.13 says this, In him you also, talking about Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, 
to the praise of His glory. So there is a sense that we cannot lose the Holy Spirit. So I think there's one of two things here that could be happening is sometimes we feel as if we can lose the Holy Spirit because of our sin, but we cannot. And number two, I think as Tim said, I think that that's probably the best answer for this text is the thought process that um, David was uh, anointed with the Holy Spirit because of his kingship, just as Saul was. And and Saul, actually the Lord left Saul. And so the Spirit of God actually left Saul. And so David watched that, and um, uh, an evil spirit actually tormented Saul. Mm. Um, So... So there, there, there is that thought process. That, thinking back to that, that okay. thought process of, of Lord be with me, during this time. Could, and the could Lord there be an a aspect. special anointing on His King at that time? Could there be an aspect of our, our fellowship in the Spirit, sure. being lifted? Yeah, I mean we can grieve the Holy Spirit we can as grieve well. The Spirit. And so there, there's an aspect of quenching the Holy Spirit and grieving the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And so when the Holy Spirit is not leading in your life then the flesh is leading and so when you're leading by the flesh the fellowship of the spirit is is quenched or is uh, is grieved and so that that could be another aspect there's a lot there that you could probably pull out um, mm-hmm. but you know but his presence yeah his presence yeah yeah so well it was uh, it was a great time for the church and um, we definitely, it was a cleansing time. It was a good time for us. It was a good call to repentance. It was a good call to restoration. And um, and this has been a good time today. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys, for yeah. being on. And Thanks Chris isn't us. with us today. Chris is actually, uh, he's, he's, he's doing missions or something. He today. is. He's, he is. He's out there. Um, but he'll be back. Pulling it together. We're going to D.C., and I think he's planning out that trip with that team. That's right. Getting things done. So we're, we're here talking about it. He's doing it. That's right. We need to get out there and do it. That's right. So we're going to get out there and do it with him at some point. But uh, today we're going to talk about it for you guys on online. Thanks for, for watching. We'll be with you. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.